I ran my first half marathon and then after that, um, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> this is, was awful. <laughs> of course, right, the common thing that we all say when we run our first race. Hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. I have a guest today that I'm really excited to chat with and share with you guys. Her name is Whitney and she dives deep into the mindset aspect of running. So she grew up a swimmer. She swam competitively and also in university in the NCAA. And we got chatting together about kind of our our, um, university sport experiences and how that shapes your mindset towards sports to some degree. And it, um, she went through very similar things as when it's over, how you identify yourself. And for her, she found running, but was using it in a way to kind of get away from negative feelings and had um, injuries, was probably overdoing it, and really kind of realized that this negative mindset was only gonna run her into the ground. And she learned how to change that and to run in a positive way, in a happy way, in a way that would make her um, stronger and a better runner and enjoy running long-term. And now she's decided that she's gonna make a career out of that, so she started coaching people um, in that same direction. So we talk a bit about what she's doing with um, with her coaching services and how she helps other people kind of run towards the positive instead of away from the negative, I guess is the best way I can summarize it. She's got a whole lot of wisdom and she's just really fun to chat to. So you guys are going to enjoy Whitney. Um, if you want to join us on Patreon, we do strength workouts that I put up every month and we just have some fun there, but it's pretty low key. It's basically just to support the podcast so that we can keep hearing from the women. If you want to find that link, it is in my Instagram bio at hailsport55. Thanks to everyone who tagged me in your trying of beam. I have enjoyed using their stuff and they were fun to work with. And I'm so glad that so many of you tried their hydration at um, beamtlc.com and use the discount code TRW for 15% off. Um, what else can I say? I think that's it. It's beautiful out. So I want to get out into the sunshine and yeah, still nasally, still sick. I know this has just been the weirdest amount of congestion that I've had forever for so long. So I do apologize for that weird noise for you guys, but Hey, that's life. Got to record when you're sick. Got to do the things. Not COVID promise. Uh, okay. That's all I'll say. Here's Whitney. Okay, I'm here today with a guest that I met at a retreat, actually, um, Whitney Miller. I'm excited to chat with you today, so welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start out with um, who you are, where you are, how old you are, and then we'll get into a bit of your athletic history. Sure. Um, Well, my name is Whitney Miller, and I am the owner of Transcend Health and Wellness, and I am a running life and strength coach, and uh, I am located in the Midwest um, in Indiana, and I am 35. Um, what were the other things you want to like? What else did you want me to? No, that share? was um, that was good. That was the brief intro. And then uh, okay. I know you have a swimming background, so yes, I really like to ask people about their childhood relationship with sports and uh, running in particular, or whatever sport they played, because I'm finding there's such a pattern between how that links um, in how they feel about running now and which races they do, and um, mm-hmm. al- almost they're like outlook on a lot of things and I think when the retreat we're in with the strong runner tricks retreat I think we found that a lot too that younger experience so I I want to ask you about your swimming experience but before you swam when you were a kid were you active did you run did you play any other sports or or talk us through young Whitney life sure 
Um, so I really, uh, you know, I think a lot of people grow up and they play like multiple different sports, kind of trying to figure out like what they're good at and things like that. I really did not. Um, I swam and I played soccer at a very, very early age. And um, I swimming was the thing that was just me. Like it was, I started swimming when I was six and swam all the way through college um, at the University of Indianapolis till I was 22. So um, I was the year round swimmer. So after season was over, I would, um, you know, swim, you know, club swimming and it just, it started very early and then I just continued throughout my life. So I really wasn't one of those kids that kind of tried a bunch of different sports. Um, I did, I guess, play volleyball a little bit in middle school, but it ultimately kind of came out to the, um, you know, the choice, like, okay, do you want to play this sport? Or do you want to swim? And I um, am a very driven, very focused uh, athlete person. And so it was very challenging at the time to kind of um, split my time. And now looking back, like, I, I feel like it would have been better for me, right? Like to have multiple different um, areas that I was participating in because it makes you a better athlete, right? Um, but at the time, I kind of felt like it was an either or situation. So uh, I chose swimming and um, swimming was really my passion and what I, um, you know, started at an early age and stuck with throughout my, you know, the majority of my life. Do you feel like it would have been beneficial to play multi-sports? And yeah. What, yeah. what about the influence from your parents? Were they pushing you in that direction? Did you find it all? Sure. That's a great question. Um, yeah, my parents were very just kind of like hands off. Like I was a very, um, you know, driven child, a very kind of knew what I want child. And so uh, I think that they kind of just, you know, if I enjoyed what I was doing, that's all that mattered. And so um, I do think, you know, looking back and knowing what I know now as a coach, it really would have benefited me to play multiple sports and to have that, you know, cross training in different areas. Um, and I especially kind of wish that I did track or cross country, um, you know, in high school, just for the pure benefit of, um, you know, learning that I was good at something else because I kind of had that moment of, uh, like, what the hell am I good at <laughs> after college? You know, it was like, when you kind of get out of that sports space and um, come into, you know, life, it's like, okay, well, I'm an, I've been an athlete my whole life. I've exercised for four hours, four, four hours out of the day. What am I going to do now? And so I think it would have just benefited me long-term as far as just athleticism, but also as far as a little bit of um, confidence in the athletic area that I would have been able to, um, kind of get out of college and, and, you know, have things that I really was interested in and excited about versus kind of going, okay, what do I do now? And it being a, a process of, well, I just have to do something to fill this space versus like, what do I want to do? What sounds exciting to me? What, um, you know, what have I never done before? Or, you know, like it was more of a grasping versus, um, a, uh, an intrigue or excitement for me when I started, um, you know, doing other activities athletically after college. That's super interesting that you say that because I think it's so common and I went through the same type of thing. And I can tell you as someone who played every sport that I could get my hands on, I still had the same yeah. experience. I think yeah. that's just what happens because sooner or later you do have to get specific if you're going to play in the NCAA and 
or swim in the NCAA, whatever it be. And there's no way at that particular age and the way that the culture is for it not to become your identity. So when right. that's over, yeah, of course, there's this big gaping hole. And it's not even for me as much like, oh, what else excites me or what else um, am I good at? It's like, there's nothing else where like, I'm supposed to be the best at this or I would base all of my life decisions around. Like we put so much into it that yes. that like transition, like I think there's, um, and it happens to to male athletes as well. I have a bunch of friends that went through it and they either went and played pro in Europe or floundered around for a bit. And I, I know people are like writing books on what to do with it. I don't know if there's yeah. a solution or not, or if it's just part of like, you know, you get to experience some really high highs and that comes with some really low lows. Sure. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I'm really, I mean, that's really interesting and exciting to hear that people are writing books on how to kind of transition from an athletic, um, space in college or even, you know, a higher level than that into kind of this like normal everyday, um, life, but also where you're still an athlete at the core. There were so many things that swimming taught me. I mean, swimming crafted who I was as a person, um, the discipline I have, the grit, the tenacity, the strength, um, you know, the mental fortitude, all of that came from what I learned very early on in swimming and what carried me through a lot of challenging times throughout my you know life. And so I think that it really does form you as a human being and it is an identity. And so I think for the mental health aspect, which is something that I work so uh, you know, much on myself, but also with clients, it's like having a support, you know, like a book or a how to or something to support that transition would be super helpful. So it's really neat to hear that people are out there doing that. So I think it would be, uh, I, I would have loved to have had something like that, right? When I kind of left that space and and came into, um, you know, real life as as an athlete. So how do you think you did cope with that transition in the end? Yeah, uh, not well. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, when I, so I went to college um, to be a teacher. Uh, I was an elementary education major and um, I graduated, started teaching and very early on in my teaching career, I realized that um, it, teaching was not what I thought it was or what I expected it to be. And um I think I knew very, very early in my career that it was not what I like. It was not the thing for me, but I had spent my entire life wanting to be a teacher um, since I was like six or seven years old. I wanted to be a teacher. And so it, I spent years um, in the field and uh, really going from job to job, play, you know, school to school, position to position, grade level to different team, trying to 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 kind of fix this like feeling I had, um, but I never could. And so what I did is when I transitioned out of college, because I was so unhappy and mixed with this like loss of identity as a collegiate athlete, as a swimmer my whole life, I used, um, I, I picked up running and uh, it was more so just to kind of have something to do. Like I said, it was more of a grasp at like, what the hell do I do in this, you know, this time for myself but it also was a, a way to um, manage my massive anxiety and massive unhappiness. And so I used running instead of, you know, this time to really love myself, love my body, 
love what I was able to do, love that I was able to do something else other than swimming. I used it as this space of like, okay, how do I, how do I fix this situation that I'm in? How do I get out of where I'm at? How do I change careers? How do I become happy with my life? Like it was just this like constant problem solve, like beating down of myself mentally and physically. And, um, I spent years running like that. And, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, I help coach runners now of how to run so that you can love yourself and love your body, um, and really embody the strength that running gives us mentally and physically versus running to just tear yourself apart because we all know as athletes, all that does is create injury and, um, burnout and kind of all those things that we struggle with. So I did not deal with the transition well, um, and I think that matched with just some really uh, deep-rooted unhappiness uh, with my career and myself really was kind of a recipe for, um, you know, just a not super great transition into adulthood, you know? Yeah, there's so many things that are interesting there because I think you're right. Like, it's such a common thing, and it's not always that people are using running just because of a transition to beat themselves up, but like body image comes up all the time, or oh, yeah, you know, just trying to run away from a feeling or to like run to deserve to eat breakfast or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like you said, it always ends up in injury and it's never sustainable. And the problem is sometimes there's a very brief time where it works, where you feel better, you lose your weight, you're distracted, but it's, it's such an impact sport that it's like, it's such a short time. And instead of, um, doing what you did and pausing and being like, okay, this isn't working. Let's shift. People are like, well, I just need to run more, eat less, train harder, do more races. And it just is like this vicious cycle. Um, so you sound like you have a very clear picture of what you went through and what, how you were treating running at the time. Do you, was there a particular moment when you realized this isn't working or is this all in hindsight? Like what was your mental state during that? Like, yeah, that's a great, uh, yeah, that's a great piece to touch on. Um, I do think there was kind of, uh, I, I don't know if it was one moment, but a kind of like culmination of moments where, um, I started getting injured. I started having discomfort. And at the time, um, I was, you know, I was years away from understanding and realizing like I was meant to be a running coach and a life coach and a strength coach, right? Like, so that wasn't even on my radar. So I didn't know the things I know now. I didn't know how to recover um, to the best of my ability. I didn't know, you know, how to, you know, cue my nutrition properly. Like there was just so many things I, you know, I was learning still as a beginner runner, but, um, it was kind of, I started to have a lot of hip pain and, um, was dealing with that on and off, on and off for years. And then it kind of turned into what I thought was injury. And, um, I remember this moment of, I got into the Chicago marathon, which was huge for me. And I ended up having to defer because I just was in so much pain that there was no way that I could train for the marathon and run, you know, the way that I wanted to. And so I think it was kind of, that was one of the major moments where it was like, okay, this isn't working. Um, you know, and, and along with that, you know, it was, okay, this job isn't working either. Right. Like, so it was, it was a lot of things weren't working, but like I said, in the kind of career field that took me, I mean, almost a decade to figure out, um, and, you know, and that paired with also the running piece, right? Like 
just going through and, and taking different steps, seeing a physical therapist that, you know, like just kind of all these steps that you take, um, when you hit injury and hit those moments of like, okay, I need to do something about this, but what do I do? And so it was kind of a series of just, um, learning about different modalities and seeing what worked for me, but then ultimately coming to the understanding of like, okay, this isn't just the miles that you're running, but this is the everything else. This is your life. This is how you feel about yourself. This is your unhappiness. Like, so it was a, it was a big, um, marriage of the two at the time. Yeah. I know what you mean. And it's, yeah, it's slowly just figuring it out. And I guess being old enough to kind of realize you have to take control of it in, to some degree. What about, um, you said the word marriage, were you in a relationship at this time or was anybody that was close to you in your life? Like, wondering or, or mention like, are you doing the right thing here? I don't, I don't know if you looked beat up when you're running that much or if your goals looked crazy or if that's just, they're just so used to that being you, um, yeah. that, that no one said anything. Cause sometimes I feel like we try to hide these feelings too, because yeah. we always had everything so in control. Yeah. yeah, man. Uh, what a like freaking good question. Um, so I think you said it perfectly. Uh, the people in my life just like, that's just how I'd always been, right? Like super driven, super um, goal oriented. So like for them, I don't think it was anything new. Um, also, uh, I think people knew I was unhappy, but I also think that you know, unfortunately in this world we live in, a lot of people settle for unhappy. They settle for unfulfilled. And so, um, you know, at the time my, um, you know, my mom was in a job that she really did not like and had been for years. Um, and that was kind of what I saw, right? Like, and then, you know, I think other people around me maybe were in jobs. Like, I mean, I worked with teachers who didn't like what they did. Right. But they're in it for 30 years. Like it was just kind of this, like, um, you know, like, I don't know, you know, you just see it and it's like, oh, well, I guess this is just how life is. Like, it was almost like a, a moment of like, um, brainwashing, right? Like you just kind of accept this moment. Um, and so I think people around me knew I wasn't happy, but it was just kind of this acceptance of like, oh, well, like, you know, adulthood just like, is this way? Like, we don't always love our job and like, you know, just, we deal with it. Um, I, I was in a relationship, um, you know, on and off, like throughout this period of time. And, um, I think that too, like, you know, the, you know, the person I was with at the time knew I wasn't happy, but it was kind of just like, well, this just like life. Like, I guess look for a new position or new, you know, it wasn't ever, the question to me was never posed of like, well, maybe do you think teaching isn't for you? Like, do you think this is the right space for you? Do you think it's in alignment with what you want? That never was asked to me. Um, and I really never understood that until I found coaching and went through my um, health and life coaching certification. And that really opened up the doors for me to go, wow, I don't have to accept this. Like, I can have a fulfilled life. I can choose what I want. I can live in my passion. I can live aligned and I can take the steps to do that. And so, um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And I think that is a great point that it's like, I had that exact same moment. And I think that happens and it happens to women a lot 
um, mm. just in how they feel too, where somebody says, well, that's just life. Like you're tired because you're just supposed to be tired and you're not enjoying sure. work because you're not supposed to enjoy work all the time. And sure. I, like you, just kind of thought, no, this isn't the life for me. Like I was in an office job and I knew that I wasn't sitting in an office from eight to four for five days a week. So yeah, you can accept that or you can say like, no, I want something different. And obviously you did starting your own company. And I think that probably is something we learned from um, athletics too, that it doesn't even look totally apparent um, to the outside, but there's that drive and ambition to be like, I don't have to settle for this because people tell me that this is what normal feels like. Right. Um, so I just love that part of your story too, where you're just going to make that change. And I think that's what a lot of women take away from this podcast. Actually hearing other women say too, is like, like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to just because someone, a doctor said, no, you're fine. You're supposed to be tired. Leave it at that. Like, um, right. And I relate it to health stuff because there's lots of hormone issues that go on, especially with female athletes that people are oh, just like, yes. no, no, you're fine. Um, and there's other things we can dig into. I'm sorry, audience. I'm sick and my nose is so stuffed. I sound ridiculous, but <laughs> try to tr- ignore my voice. Um, so tell us a bit more about the type of running you were doing. And I, I imagine you were doing some running for cross training as a swimmer. And then when you decided to start doing some races, um, what, what did that look like and how were you, how were you training and where were you learning to train for that? Yeah. Um, so when I swam, there was very minimal running. Like I can remember in college, maybe we ran like a mile, you know, twice a week or something or three miles twice a week, you know, something very, um, you know, at the time I hated it at the time it was like, this is the worst thing ever, (laughs) which I just find funny, you know, now loving running. Um, so when I got out of college, like I said, I just started running just to like have something to do really and manage anxiety, um, at the same time. And so I just started small and just started, you know, a mile here, mile there. I was just running around my neighborhood at the time. And then I realized like, oh, wow, like, I'm not bad at this. Like I kind of had this feeling um, that I was only good at swimming because I had only done swimming for so long. And so having this realization of, wow, I'm actually not horrible at this. This actually is really fun. And like I can get faster and, you know, just those things. So having that realization and I remember saying, I think I'm going to train for a half marathon. And so I just decided that I wanted to do that. And I joined, um, uh, there was a running store that had a training, you know, group that was very, just a social training group. And so I joined that and, um, and really was kind of, even though I was part of that group, it was really, uh, there was a lot of, um, people there that knew each other, you know, common for them to come often. And I was kind of new. And so, Um, I didn't really connect with a lot of runners, but I learned a lot just from being there, you know, and being around the running community. And so I ran my first half marathon. And then after that, um, I was like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) This was awful. (laughs) Of course, right? The common thing that we all say when we run our first race. And then um, I ran another half and then it was like, huh. I think I'm going to run a full. And so then it just, you know, it just built on itself. And what ended up happening is I took what I knew from, you know, my years of swimming and I started writing my own training plans because what I was noticing was as I was joining these, you know, groups was that these training plans that they were providing, um, were very generic and very for kind of this like human that 
didn't exist like in my like mind. And so I just started writing my own training plans and I became super successful with that. Um, PR'd, you know, ran longer distances and was successful. And um, then it kind of grew from there. I started, uh, you know, running with friends of mine and kind of training them and, um, you know, just kind of grew. And so as things grow, your confidence builds and, um, you know, it just kind of led me to, uh, you know, the space of taking on new distances, new challenges, um, eventually starting to trail run. Um, my husband and I moved out to kind of the middle of nowhere in the woods and we're surrounded by trails. And so starting, you know, to trail run about five years ago, um, pretty consistently. And so it just kind of grew on realizing like, oh, I'm not bad at this and this is exciting and fun. And, um, then I think when I found trail running, uh, you know, I would go with my dog and they just was a different kind of feel a different kind of challenge. Um, and also just that connection with nature. It was a lot of what I needed at the time. I'm still kind of going through that space of not enjoying my career. And so, you know, it just, it just kind of all hit at the right moment. And, um, you know, I think we just build on those things as they happen, right? Like different opportunities and different people you meet and then realizing like, oh, okay, this is, I can do this. Oh, and I can do this. It just was kind of a, you know, build of confidence. Yeah. And so that, I mean, kind of ties into my next question. Like I was reading through your website as well. You talk about this transition of like, okay, I ran for the wrong reasons. And then I ran, um, because I loved my body and it was making me feel better. And I ran with love and happiness, which is like such a transformation. It's a total 180. So what were the actual action steps that you took and I know you now coach people through this mindset to try to run um I guess in a happier way would be the best way to summarize it what what are the things that you get people to actually do to make that transition because it's so easy to say but to actually do that is like I put on my running shoes and I stand outside and like what do I do that's different right yeah yeah such a huge um huge piece of the puzzle um so, you know, the the thing that I learned that I think that was the biggest piece of transformation for me was that how we do one thing is often how we do everything else. So realizing that if you're unable to show up in your running, you're also unable to show up in your life, your relationships, your finances, you know, name it, right? So it's kind of having this realization like, okay, if I'm beating myself up running and I hate myself running, I also hate myself, um, you know, at my job or I hate myself, um, you know, like in my relationship or I hate myself in my fine. Like it just, it was realizing like all of this is tied together. And if you can change your situation and you're running, then what else can you change? And so that's where it, it led was this moment of, okay, I can control and change and adapt and pivot in my running mentally, physically, emotionally. So now let's try and pivot in my career. Let's try and pivot in my relationships. Let's try and pivot in my finances. Let's try and pivot in my spirituality, all those things. And so, um, you know, when I work with runners, one of the number one things I ask them is what would you like instead? So instead of all the things you're experiencing, what would you like instead? And oftentimes it doesn't have anything to do with running. It may start that way, 
But then when I question and we get, you know, down into the deeper levels, it has to do with, I just want to feel good in my body, or I just want to wake up in the morning and not be in pain, right? Like I want to be able to play with my kids, or I want to be able to do what I want to do outside and not pay for it days and days later. So it just, it became, you know, or I want my husband to, to, to want to make love to me, you know, like it was, it, it became deeper and deeper. And so, you know, that was kind of what I noticed for myself was like, okay, what do I want instead? How can I not only change my relationship with running and myself? And so I started in this space of like personal growth and really working on my mindset, really working on my belief system about myself, my belief system about my capability as a runner, and then taking that and saying, okay, what does that have to do with my career? What does that have to do with my relationships? What does that have to do with my finances, my spirituality, you know, my connection to self, all these things. And so um, really it's kind of having people really identify what they want instead, because we can talk for hours about all the things we hate and all the things that we don't like and all the things that we don't want that are happening. But if you stop someone and you say, okay, what do you want instead? Sometimes it's crickets because no one's ever asked them that, right? So really identifying what do you want instead? And then taking really um, intentional action towards those things. And I, you know, have been very lucky in my experience and in my, you know, just past, you know, five to 10 years to have mentors, coaches, um, you know, colleagues who have really supported me in this process and really helped elevate, you know, my mindset, elevate my beliefs and transform in that space that I then have kind of you know, taken to my, you know, runners, the running community and said, okay, if we can implement this in our personal life, let's implement this into our running because it's all connected. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head in so many ways there, because you're right. That is the biggest struggle. Like we can talk about all the shitty things, but like, what do you actually want? And it's such a hard question. Um, do you ever find like, people just have no idea and how do you help them figure out what they do want? And I know you had a couple of examples there of things that were like really quite small, but I'm wondering if like people come to you and part of the conversation is like, you can want more than this. Like, do you ever find people are just thinking really small? Oh yeah. 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 Um, that's a great question. You know, a lot of people come and have no idea what they want. Right. And that's part of why they want to work with someone like me is they'll, you know, say, I mean, I've had clients come to me and say, I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want this and something has got to change, <laughs> you know? And so it's like just this, this desire to uncover, um, what they do want, I think is the first big piece in that. And so, you know, with that, a lot of times, because people don't know what they want, it's a lot of like trial and error, right? A lot of experiment, a lot of willingness to almost be childlike in trying different things. So just trying things and seeing like, okay, what about this? How does it make you feel? What did you notice about yourself when you were doing this activity? Or did it, you know, change your relationship with yourself, you know, just kind of doing some exploratory almost work. And, um, 
you know, that I think what that allows people to do is really dive into bigger possibilities, right? So kind of get out of this box of like, well, this is all that I can do, or this is all that I is available to me, but kind of start to like dip their toe in the water outside of that box and try different things. And then it's like, oh, wow, I really enjoy this, or I really like this. And then all of a sudden that creativity starts to spark and then they can go, you know what? I really want X, Y, and Z. So it's really, you know, it's not like a, it's not a perfect recipe, right? Like everybody's different. It's not like I can say, well, do these three things when you come to me and we'll figure out what you want. It's really a, a test an experiment, a willingness to play and be vulnerable in the space and just try different things and then have, you know, a powerful coach on the other side asking you to evaluate, asking you to, um, you know, kind of consider how you felt, what went well, what didn't, um, you know, and just ask you those powerful questions so you can go, huh, let me think back on that. Let me react to that. Let me evaluate and let's see if that shifts you know, this belief that I have no idea what I want, because I think deep down, we all know what we want. It's just allowing ourselves to say it right. And uncovering that, um, that willingness to say I'm worthy of all these things that I want. And I think that's a big piece of it. A lot of times I uncover just this belief that they're not worthy of what they want. And, um, you know, so then we work on that. How do we overcome that belief? How do we you know, challenge that belief. And so a lot of times we get into really like, you know, core wounds of things that were, you know, brought up because of childhood experiences. And we talk about, okay, well that happened in the past, but how do we switch and adapt so that the future can bring something different? And so, um, that's really, you know, I would say it's not a, it's not a perfect recipe for every person, but it's definitely just the willingness to, you know, play and try and um, experiment in the space. So this um, it might be a confusing question and I get it because like I'm a running coach too and I always say it becomes so much more than just what runs to do. Like the right. emails are um, like it just running becomes, I mean, we all know it becomes such a huge part of your life, I guess is what I'm saying that like it's almost impossible not to have these other things and these other stressors or other positive things become part of what you're experiencing. And I have definitely had times where I've been like, this now is outside of the realm of what I can help you with. And I'm a hundred percent going to listen and support you in however I can. And we can adjust your training because life is really stressful right now. But like, if you just needed to vent this to me, that's great. Um, but I can't give you advice on some of this stuff like people talking about being super depressed and everything like that where like you kind of have to read like okay we're on the border now where I think like a counselor would be good because mm -hmm. I'm not trained in a way that can that help you other than just being like as supportive as I possibly can um which is like I think we all kind of lean on each other and then at some point there has to be a time when um they need actual professional help because I, I really think everybody should be in therapy. So I just want to make sure people know too. I'm not saying sure. this as a negative. It's just like, yes. you know, like we all are working through so much and the world is changing so fast. And so like, you're so deep with the mental side. Is there, does that happen to you? And how do you deal with, with the points where you're like, okay, this is, this needs to be more than just like a mentorship. Sure. 
Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of um, making a team for an athlete so or creating a team with them. So what that looks like is, you know, like you said, I have an athlete who says to me, you know, these these kind of, um, you know, signs. And uh, after I left teaching, I actually was in the mental health field. So I have, you know, a decent amount of experience to kind of be able to pinpoint those signs. And, um, you know, I was taught those things in my training. But, um, you know, it's like, okay, let's let's create a team. And so I do a lot of, um, you know, refer like referring out to a therapist or maybe a dietitian or, you know, kind of a team of people. And I'm a really big believer that, um, as a runner, as a human, it's not just the running coach. It's not just the therapist, but it's the team of people. So it's the running coach. It's the therapist. It's the dietitian. It is the, um, you know, physiotherapist, it is the massage therapist, right? Like it's a team of people. And so I have a really, really beautiful network of um, humans and professionals that I refer out to when it gets to that point. And um, the great thing about coaching that I love is that coaching and therapy mesh so well together. Therapy really focuses on the past, right? Like what did we experience in the past? How did that form us as you know, a human and how is it affecting us um, today and how do we heal that? And then coaching really focuses on the future. So it may bring up beliefs of the past, right? Beliefs of childhood, but then it's like, okay, how are these affecting you now and how can we shift them so that in the future they can adapt and not affect us in the same way? So really coaching and therapy marry beautifully together. And I have, um, Currently, I have an athlete who works with me and also works with a therapist that I referred her to at one point while we've been working together in this last year and a half. And she has just made massive gains in the mental side and the running side and just overall health because she has seen the benefit of working side to side with a coach and a therapist and working on the past and the future together. And so, um, you know, that's something that I really, really believe in. And when those kind of flags pop up, um, you know, I always say, you know, let's talk about how we can work on this now and how it's affecting you in the you know future and the present. But this also sounds like something that keeps coming up for you. Would you be open to me referring you to someone who may be able to help in a different way? And just asking their permission. And then, you know, usually it's like, oh, yeah, that would be great. And then kind of giving it to the athlete, you know, giving it to the runner. And if they contact that person, fantastic. If they're not ready, that's okay, too. But knowing that they have that resource in their back pocket and, you know, helping them build a team of people um, that they can get support from in all of those different ways, because we are a multifaceted person, right? It's, we're not just a runner. We're not just a mom. We're not just a, right? Like there's all these different things. So that's really what I try to do um, when, you know, situations like that come up. That's a great answer. I love that. Um, and you're right. Like having a team is the same as the physical. Um, you, yeah. need, you need your team behind you. So that's awesome. So you decided to start this business and you also do some retreats, which I think is really cool. Obviously during COVID, um, that's probably been put on the back burner a bit, but talk us through a bit of what your retreats look like. Yeah. Um, so last year, uh, you know, 
at the beginning of the year, I had, um, and I, I think this has always been something I've wanted to do, but it kind of came to fruition last year at the beginning of the year. I had an idea to do a running retreat, a trail running retreat um, in Indiana, because in the Midwest, there is no uh, running retreat. There's a lot, um, you know, in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, just kind of all over the that beautiful area. But there's not a lot in the Midwest. And the Midwest is beautiful. Um, I live in southern Indiana and we've got a lot of beautiful trails around us. Um, and so I had this idea and then COVID hit. And so at the moment, it was like, well, I could just put this idea on the back burner or I could just do it and see what happens. And so I went through with it and last year's retreat was super successful. Um, the transcend running retreat is super intimate. It's limited to about eight to 10 women. And um, we were able to get away and a beautiful cabin in Nashville, Indiana. And um, we really focused on connecting with other women runners um, and renewing ourselves through nature, trail running um, and personal development. And then obviously, uh, you know, being out on the trails and running. And so um, in my retreats, I, I try to focus on those things that I focus on in my business. So mindset is focused on heavily in those personal development sessions, um, not just surrounding mindset in running, but also mindset just in life. Um, and then, you know, focusing on that empowerment piece, because the mission of Transcend Running Retreat is to empower women through running community. So just empowering women that they can, um, you know, be in the driver's seat of their life and driver's seat of their running through different modalities. And then obviously getting out on the trails and, um, you know, experiencing the trails. Uh, my retreat is not a retreat where like, we're training on the trails and, you know, we're not stopping, we're not taking pictures. It's very, um, you know, we'll run, we'll stop, we'll take pictures, we'll walk around. It's very the experience of nature, the experience of trail running versus kind of a hard and fast trail run. Um, because I, I really believe trail running is, is better when you take it all in and experience it. So that's a little bit about the retreat. Um, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's a great idea. And I love that more women are actually coming up with things like this. Um, we are slowly running out of time quickly. And I'm just so interested in the mental stuff. So we really have dwelled on that. So I apologize. But it's also interesting. And your answers are awesome. Um, but I know that this year, too, you decided to run a self-supported ultra as your first one. So do you want to tell us that story and how that went for you? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this year I turned 35 in January and, uh, I just decided that I wanted to do something on my 35th birthday to celebrate myself, celebrate my body, my capability. Um, I spent the majority of last year really focusing on strength training and just building my strength. And so I wanted to do something to celebrate that. So I decided to run 35 miles, um, in a 24 hour period. I actually ran it and shorter than that, ended up running it in 22 hours. But um, I just ran a mix of um, kind of road running uh, around where I live, kind of out in the the hills and the woods, and then um, uh, treadmill running. So I did treadmill running, not because I love treadmill running, but because I had a lot of friends that um, wanted to join me, that I had asked to join me. And where we live, service is not um, super great if you're not on Wi-Fi. So kind of doing a mix of indoor, outdoor running, running with friends, um, colleagues, uh, my coach, 
just enjoying the the miles and um, I ended up doing uh, you know the run in 22 hours and it was just it was a beautiful experience just to see what I could do and to run with all of those that I love and just to celebrate you know my capability so I never thought that I would do something like that but what was crazy was when I was done I kind of had this realization of huh I think I could maybe run more like mentally and physically. And that was a really big uh, surprise to me. So we'll see what this year brings. Uh, I'd like to do a 50 miler um, this year and we'll see if that happens this year or if it's a next year thing. And, um, but it was, it was a very fun and uh, just beautiful experience. Yeah, it is super fun to get to the finish line and realize like, oh, especially when everything you do is speed orientated to be like, what? Sure. there's just such this like alert to be like, how long can I actually run for? So it sounds like you kind of got that bug for sure. Sure. Um, so before we wrap up here, let's, um, let's talk about what your goals are. Like, what do you see, um, transcended health being like long-term and then also what are your, your long-term running goals? I mean, you just said a 50 mile, but is there anything else that's like really on your bucket list, like five, 10 years? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll start with, um, you know, my dream for Transcend Health and Wellness. Um, I really, you know, see Transcend Health and Wellness turning into um, a space for runners to come, not only for the retreat aspect, but also for the strength aspect. Um, I just put out a program in January called Transcend Strength for Runners. Um, because one thing I noticed in my own training and also my athletes was that strength training is such a missing piece and not having a system in which to strength train. So I really see that growing in the next, you know, five to 10 years, just growing the retreat aspect, having multiple retreats a year for women to come connect, be empowered through trail running, and then also building that strength piece and having runners utilize transcend strength um, for you know, growing their strength in their running so they can run faster, stronger, longer without injury, which is uh, the goal of the program. So that's what I would say for business. Um, personally, yeah, I mean, this year, like I said, I would love to do a 50 miler as far as like five to 10 years from now. Um, I really, my biggest goal right now is just to be able to do whatever I freaking want uh, and have the strength and mindset to be able to do that. So whether that's paddleboarding, hiking, you know, running for a hundred miles, whatever it is, right? Like I just want to be, um, strong physically, mentally so that I can do what I want to do no matter how old I am. And that's really my biggest goal for these next five to 10 years, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm finding too, like I'm 35 now as well, that I, my goals are more like instead of this race and this performance, it's like, seeing my athletes who are 50s, 60s, um, running races and enjoying it and being like, oh, there are different things to go after here than just yes. like this one event. So that's awesome. Yes. Um, okay. Are there Before we close up here, is there anything else that you want to talk about, tell our listeners about or the um, touch on? Yeah. I mean, really, if um, people are interested in connecting with me, they connect. Uh, they can connect with me on Instagram. I'm most active there at transcend.health.and.wellness. Um, and then they can always head to my website. But other than that, I think I'm good. All right. Awesome. And what about uh, if our listeners want to find more of you? Do you have an Instagram 
um, Facebook, where's the best way to just say hi? Yeah, Instagram, what I just um, said is great. Um, Facebook is the same. Um, and then you can always just send me a message. Um, I'm pretty quick to respond. So just always reach out and um, I'm here to talk whenever they need. Awesome. Well, I thought you had so much valuable information. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get this out there. Yeah, thanks so much, Hillary.